What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. I am your host, David Williams. And for the first time in a very long time, you guys are getting blessed with a solo show for me. Candace and Isaac have some things going on. Life happens, and so they are off dealing with that. So you get me. We are going to cover two games of Memphis Grizzlies. First off, they win tonight. They absolutely destroy the Charlotte Hornets 130-99. to We're going to talk about tonight's game, and we're going to talk about the win in Portland over the Trailblazers 106-111. to A lot of good things to talk about, some bad things. You know I'm not just going to gas them up the entire time. We've got to keep them in check, right? We got some extended minutes tonight in this Charlotte game for the youngsters. David Roddy played 28 minutes. He was actually the highest. He was on the floor more than any other player. Four from eight from the field, two for five from three. He missed a free throw. Dang it, David Roddy, get it together. Free throws are scary for me. That That is something that this team is really struggling with. I won't beat you all over the head with that, but that that's something that worries me because in the playoffs, knocking down your free throws are going to matter, and they're really struggling early in the season to figure that out. John Morant, Desmond Bain are doing a pretty good job of it, but the rest of the team, not so much. So I've really enjoyed what I am witnessing from David Roddy. He's doing a ton of things right. He's in the right places. He's making the right plays. He is just struggling on the offensive end of the floor. He was, you know, 50% from the field tonight. That's huge. I was all about trying to find him some shots in the closing minutes when it was the rookie squad out there. I wanted him and Jake LaRavia to kind of take over and really put in some work because when you when you have that developmental time, when they're in a blowout and you can let these young guys go in there and just go crazy – that's when they're going to develop. That's when they're going to get to the point that they're going to be able to help you when the games really matter. It is regular season. The games are counting right now. But nobody is going to tell you game nine of the season is going to be as important as game 75 or 77. As the season goes along, and your standings, each game has an effect on that, where you're going to be seated in the playoffs, those things are going to become more important. The, the little mistakes that you're seeing from David Roddy, that you're seeing from Jake LaRavia, those things are going to have to be ironed out. My biggest concern right now for this team, obviously free throws, but getting everybody healthy. The knee thing with Z has me scared to death. I know that they're being cautious with it. They want him to be healthy whenever he comes back. They want there to be no soreness. I have not seen an update on that. And this is kind of where I wish I had one of my co-hosts. They could probably drop in and be like, oh, yeah, I heard this. We got an update. Uh, Kelsey Wright Johnson, uh, she works for Grind City Media, and DeMichael Cole. Those guys both tweeted out. Taylor Jenkins said that Jaron has progressed to three-on-three and they hope that during this homestand, they can get him up to 5-on-5. Five five. Well, they play their next few games at home. They play tonight against the Hornet. Tonight's Friday night. Then they play Sunday against the Wizards and Monday at home 
against the Celtics. So that's saying within the next week or so that Taylor Jenkins wants Jaron Jackson doing five on five. That's huge. Jaron Jackson is going to take this team from heading into tonight's game. The Memphis Grizzlies were 25th in the NBA in defensive rating at 114.8 points per game. Memphis Grizzlies are currently number four in the NBA in offensive rating at 115.3. So your net rating is a positive by half a point. But when you add a guy that can make the type of impact that Jaron Jackson makes on the defensive end, I can't help but wonder what that's going to do to this team. What is that net rating going to look like? Dylan Brooks played phenomenal tonight. You, you look at th- this is the best version of Dylan Brooks that we've had all season long. I won't sit here and gas him up and pretend like he didn't force a couple shots. Things were falling for him, and there was at least a couple shots early in the game that I really felt like he could have passed out of or he could have done something other than what he chose to do. But we all know Dylan Brooks. You know the ups and downs that you're going to get with him. You're going to get this version of Dylan Brooks that is hyper-efficient, 23 points on 12 shots, 6 for 7 from 3, does a good job defensively. Like You're going to get this one periodically. What I want to see is we, we get four assists from Dylan tonight because he was playing with his eyes up. He was looking. He was trying to find his teammates to get him and get them involved, and it was working. He, he managed four assists. He's got vision whenever he chooses to do that, but he needs that to be a comfort level. Like He's got to reach a certain level of comfort there to where when the pressure is on, when his back is against the wall, he can continue to play with his head up. He can continue to use that vision. He can continue to find his teammates. There was one play he had the ball. He was on the left wing. He caught it, and he goes over the top of his head, hits Desmond Bain in stride, boom, easy layup. He can do that more frequently. He has the tools to do that, but we don't get to see that often enough because we get tunnel vision, Dylan. We get the Dylan Brooks that plays hero ball. Has he improved in that area? I think the answer to that question is yes. Some people may argue different, but I I thought that before tonight's game, before this game against the Hornets, I would have told you that I felt like Dylan Brooks had has improved in that area and that that is something... The coaching staff talks about that. They talk about they want him to be an efficient version. The best version of Dylan Brooks is the version that's going to knock down these catch-and-shoot threes like he did tonight. He's not going to shoot six for seven from three every night, but if he can be a little bit more efficient and just play defense, the, the ceiling for this team is significantly higher. This is a Charlotte Hornets team that they should beat. They're they're missing LaMelo Ball is not healthy. Gordon Hayward didn't play in this game. Terry Rozier didn't play in this game. You're looking at Jalen McDaniels, P.J. Washington, Mason Plumlee, Kelly O'Le- or not Kelly Olenek, rip, my bad, Kelly Oubre, and Dennis Smith Jr. as your starters. And then the rest of your guys that are your bench players 
are typically not going to be rotation players. Nick Richards has been in the rotation. Theo Maladon is probably a rotation player. You look at JT Thor, Bryce McGowan's, Kai Jones. These guys are not going to be typical NBA rotation players. The Grizzlies should beat this team, and they did. They took care of business. They rebounded the ball well. They had 18 offensive rebounds. Steven Adams, dear Lord and baby Jesus, he had 16, set a franchise record, 16 rebounds in the first half of this game. He ended with 19. He only played 21 minutes tonight. Massive line from him. 13 points, 19 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 6 for 10 from the field, and he made one of his two free throws. 11 offensive rebounds. The Grizzlies out-rebounded the Hornets 42-29. to I'm sorry. 60-41. to I was just looking at defensive rebounds. We had questions about Desmond Bain early in the year. Is he healthy? Is he right? What's going on with him? He's right. He's healthy. He looks good. 50% from the field tonight on 16 shots. Three for seven from three. 19 points, six rebounds, two assists. John Morant with a 12-point double-double. He he only took 12 shots tonight. But this was a, a game where you didn't need superhero John Morant. And this was a game where the Hornets coaching staff was like, somebody not named John Morant is going to beat us tonight. They were sending bodies at him. And John Morant was given, like he was taking what the defense was giving him. He was finding his teammates, making insane plays. How crazy is it that we get to see this Every single night as Grizzlies fans, we get to watch Ja Morant, the behind-the-back pass to Brandon Clark for the layup. Like, Okay, that's a fantastic play. We know that that's a fantastic play. That's something to get excited about. But at this point with Ja Morant, like, it doesn't even surprise me anymore. It's just like this, this dude, he is him. Like He is this phenomenal night in and night out, every single night, even on games where it looks like he's not bought in all the way, like the games where he's just kind of melded in early, he is still going to make one play, at least one play, that's going to make you say, oh my goodness, it's it's great. As somebody that's covering the Grizzlies, as a fan of basketball, I'm so happy that we get to watch this kid night in and night out absolutely destroy teams. Just love it. I want to bounce back to the Trailblazers game. And I want to talk about some stuff that we saw there. Dylan Brooks, I think he he had his best offensive. He had his best efficiency night tonight against the Hornets. But his best game for me so far this season was this matchup against Portland. He was on Anthony Simons, and Simons scored 31 points. He was 7 seven for 8 from the free throw line, 4 for 11 from 3. So you look at that line, you're like, 31 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds, and Dylan Brooks was guarding him. I, I don't know that Dylan done a good job. 31 points on 21 shots is not that good. Yeah, you, you put up 30 points, but... You had to shoot the ball 21 times to get there. 
That's what you want. Guys that can score the ball, they're going to find ways to get buckets. Making them work for them, making them shoot the ball 21 times, that's tough. That's Dylan Brooks doing his job. You look at what Desmond Bain done. Desmond Bain had 16 shots. He had 29 points. He didn't He didn't struggle. He he wasn't fighting as much as Anthony Simons was. So huge win for the Grizzlies. This is a team that they go into Denver, Utah. They go into Utah. I apologize. I'm getting sidetracked. Everything's running together. They were in Utah against a team that they should have beat. They they almost beat them in game one. Utah ended up pulling it out. And then game two, the Grizzlies were just checked out. And so heading into Portland, you want them to bounce back. They need to be locked in for this game. You don't want to see this team go one and three on a road trip this early in the season. And we're talking about four and four instead of five and three. They took care of business in Portland. I think Dylan had a great game up there. You say great game. He only took seven shots, nine points on seven shots from Dylan Brooks. I will tell you this, Grizz Nation, most nights, if they look at the box score and they see that Dylan Brooks only took seven shots and he played 30 minutes, they're going to be happy with that. You want Dylan Brooks to be that fourth, fifth option on the offensive end to where he's getting seven, eight, nine, ten shots a game. And guys like Desmond Bain and John Morant are chucking up quite a few. Jaron Jackson coming up, coming back, putting up quite a few shots. So this three for seven from the field and playing good defense on their best perimeter player is exactly what I want to see from Dylan. Super happy with that. I think Roddy played well in this game as well. He only played 19 minutes in this game. But it was a productive 19 minutes. He done everything that you want to see him do out there. I was on a show. It was a New York Knicks podcast before the first game of the season. It was called uh, the Long Suffering Podcast. And I was talking to those guys. They asked me, they said, John Moran is obviously Batman. Does this team have its Robin or do need, do they need to go out and get their Robin? And my answer to them, there was no hesitation in my answer because even before this season started, I was confident that Desmond Bain is in fact the Robin to Jaws Batman. And before you come at me, maybe you won't come at me. Maybe a lot of you guys agree with me about that. But some people would argue that Jaron is the second best player on this team. And I'm fine with that. If you want to say Jaron is the second best player on this team, there are plenty of reasons to support that. There are plenty of reasons why you can, you know, what he brings to the team defensively while being able to do the things that he can do as a big man on the offensive end of the floor. There's plenty of ammunition there. There's plenty of things for you to support your argument. But what I will say is Desmond Bain and the way that he approaches this game, the time that he puts in, the work that he puts in, it's showing for him. We saw a guy that got drafted at 30. He was – draft Twitter loved him. Draft Twitter was like – Oh my goodness, how has this kid fallen so far? 
he's got all these tools. What's going? Is it really? Are we really going to let him fall this far just because he has short arms? And thank you to the twenty nine other GMs that let him fall to thirty in order for the Grizzlies to move back into the first round and get him because that gives John Morant his Robin. I think that Jaron can be in that conversation. Maybe you can even interchange those guys. Maybe it's going to, maybe it varies from night to night. Who is Robin to Jaws Batman? Cause there's no doubt who the best player on this team is, but there's definitely an argument to be made b- between the two. And I just think that offensively Bain is going to be far more consistent than Jaron. Jaron has nights where things are clicking for him and he's going to be elite. I don't know that Jaron has found that consistency yet on the offensive end where he can be a 20-point-per-game guy. Does Jaron have to be a 20-point-per-game guy in order for him to be successful, in order for this team to be successful? Not for me. Not not even close. I If Jaron comes back, he averages 12 points a game, six rebounds, and he plays insane defense like what we were seeing from him last year, I'm fine with it. I know that some people are hung up on, I want to see this amount of points, this amount of rebounds, and if they're not hitting that, then they're good. And I just sat here and said, I want to see you know 12 and 6. 12 and 6 are not impressive numbers offensively at all. And a lot of people would say a seven-footer should be able to wake up with six rebounds. But I would say to you, look at Jaron Jackson over his career, and you can see that he is not the best rebounder. He is not a terrible rebounder. He is not as bad as what some people make him out to be. But he is not a guy. I don't think that Jaron will ever be a guy that averages 10 rebounds. Uh, uh, over uh, the full course of a season, I don't think that Jaron ever averages 10, 10 rebounds in his career. And that's not a knock on Jaron. I just don't think he's that guy. I think that the Grizzlies know that he is not that guy. And so they are going to build around him. They're going to get guys that can rebound the basketball so you can still allow him to do what he does and do it at an elite level. They just extended Steven Adams. And I think they've done that because of the fit, because of how Steven Adams is. Heck with, I mean, Steven Adams is the perfect fit for the core of this team. He sets screens like a boss and I, all screens aren't all that important. What do you mean you set screens? When you have a guy like Ja Morant who can create insane separation, defenses are going to run a lot of different looks, a lot of different bodies. They're going to send a lot of people at him. Having a guy like Steven Adams that can set a screen to increase that separation even more is going to be huge for Ja Morant. Look at the on-off numbers of what Ja Morant looks like offensively with Steven Adams on versus when Steven Adams is off. You need a guy that is a big body, a guy that can go out there and set the screens and help create that separation. 
Jaron Jackson right now is not that guy Steven Adams is. All right? So that's your matchup for your best player. Then you have Steven Adams and Desmond Bain. Well, we already talked about the screen creating separation. Desmond Bain is one of the best shooters in the league already. And you have Steven Adams that can screen him open as well. Steven Adams is a plus passer from the big man spot. So you can run dribble handoffs through him. You can fake the dribble handoff and allow him to be a playmaker from the big man spot and find Desmond out on the wing for an open look. The fit with Adams and Bain and Adams and Jai, it's like a hand in a glove. It's meant to be. Well, then, okay, now let's look at Jaron. Jaron's your third best player on the team. And you have Steven Adams who rebounds the piss out of the ball. That is probably the only thing. If you're going to look at Jaron Jackson Jr. and you're going to look at his game, that is going to be the thing from him that you can say he is not a dominant rebounder. He averaged 16 points and six rebounds in 78 games last year for the Grizzlies. That's not dominant rebounding numbers. That's a seven-footer only getting six rebounds. I get that people are going to have a problem with that. I have no issue with that. You've got a guy like Steven Adams to clean that up. And that just goes into when Kleiman made the trade for Steven Adams, I would love to think think that he saw Steven Adams and he's like, all right, he's going to do this and this with Jai. He's going to do this and this with Bain. And he's going to sure up the rebounding which is currently not Jaron's strong suit. This is a great glue guy. I'm going to go out and get him. And now they're keeping him around. It is a fantastic fit. And that's going to be like, they're going to be together with, with his contract extension. uh, Bain is going to be coming due next year, but these guys are going to be together and it's going to be scary time for the league whenever everybody is healthy. So I want to see this team get healthy, get Jaron healthy, get Zaire healthy. And once that happens, all of these guys that are getting extended playing time right now, Santi Aldama, four for eight from the field against, uh, against Portland, four for eight from the field. He made two threes. He had 11.7 rebounds, blocked two shots. You go to tonight's game against the Hornets. He was five for nine from the field. He knocked down two threes. He had two blocks, 12 points, five rebounds, two blocks, and a steal. And he's doing this against starting caliber NBA players. That's a that's a weapon that's going back to your bench. When Jaron starts, you've got a guy that has not only filled in for Jaron, he has proved that he could do it at a high level. And this is a guy at starting caliber forward that's going to be coming off of your bench. That's going to move a guy that's typically getting rotation minutes right now. That's going to move them out of the rotation. You've got John Conchar that he's had some spot starts here. He's been playing insane. I, I could have never in a million years imagined that John Conchar would be playing at the level that he's playing. I know that he's played well for the Grizzlies. I know that he's done good things for the Grizzlies over the past few years, but I don't for one second think 
okay, John Conchar is going to take a leap and he's going to be a true rotation guy on an NBA championship team. I would have never said that. But I watched what he's doing early in this season and I'm like, holy shit, dude. Zach Kleiman is a freaking genius. How did you see that in this kid? And here he is, just working his ass off and earning these minutes and playing at an insanely high level, knocking down threes. He had the the oop tonight that he threw down. And because of my location, (laughs) of course the Grizzlies are blacked out on League Pass. I hate you, NBA League Pass, for that. But they're blacked out. So a lot of times whenever I'm watching these games – I don't get the privilege of listening to Pete and Brevin. Well, tonight, whenever I was listening to this game, watching this game, I got to listen to Pete and Brevin. And the the way that they called it, man, it, it just, if you watch a lot of League Pass, you will learn to appreciate Pete and Brevin so much more because those guys are so good at what they do. Is it a little bit of bias because of the market that I'm in? Probably. But I will tell you this. As far as play-by-play guys, I don't know that there are many, if any, guys out there that are better than Pete Pranica. I've listened to, I watch a lot of basketball, and I listen to a lot of play-by-play guys, and those guys are fantastic. I I love the energy that they bring to the call and the way like they were talking and Brevin was just cracking up. (laughs) I think Pete was like, I thought it was too high, and, and Brevin's just laughing over there. Like it, it, it was great. I love the call, and a great play is amplified by a great call. Yeah, it was it was an oop dunk by John Conchar. Is that necessarily a great play? Yeah, not really, but I loved it. It was fantastic. So glad that I got to listen to them tonight for sure. So listen, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up, guys. I, I appreciate you tuning in. Candice will be back with me. On Monday, the the Grizzlies play again Sunday night at home against the Wizards, and then they got a back-to-back. They play the Celtics on Monday. We will do a doubleheader. We'll do two shows and one talking about the Wizards matchup and the Celtics matchup on Monday night. It's I want to look at this box score. I I say I'm going to wrap it up, and then here I go talking about something else. Look, Look at what they were able to... This team... Had eight guys in double figures. The Grizzlies have eight guys in double figures. 34 assists from the team. Just unbelievable. Like 16 for 36 from three, 44%. They were 51% from the field. Just a a hyper-efficient night for the Grizzlies. Going back to last season, that is when this team is at its best. When everybody is eating, when they're sharing the ball, when they're moving it around, that's when this team excels in the 20 plus games that John Morant was out last year. How was this team winning games? They were winning games by sharing the basketball and everybody eating. We got to see it tonight at the FedEx forum, Memphis Grizzlies again, final score of this one, 130 to 99 over the Charlotte Hornets. The Grizzlies improved to six and three on the season. And we're one game away from finding what their first 10 is. That that was uh, there was a lot of conversation I think Candace was on the seven and three boat, and she is in pretty good shape. So six and four is the worst they can be. I'm happy with it. There were a lot of questions going in, and some of those questions are getting answered already. Some guys are playing better than I expected, and I'll take it all day long. I love covering this team, 
and, and I love when they succeed, but I will always be honest. I will always point out whenever there's a weakness or when there's, you know, we can like this team, we can support this team and not agree with everything that the front office does. Those guys are obviously smarter than me or I'd be in the front office and they'd be doing a podcast, but I'm not going to just like buy into a hundred percent of everything that they do because front offices do make mistakes from time to time. Although I'm beginning to believe that Zach Kleiman may be the exception to that rule. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review that helps people find us in the peak part of our season here. We're nine games in. We are one eighth of the way through the NBA season. We would love to get more downloads and you guys can help us do that by leaving the five-star review. We'll be back on Monday night with uh, Candace and myself. Not sure when Isaac will be back. I know that he'll be back with us at some point, but he's got some stuff he's got to take care of first. You can find Candace on Twitter at CandaceH901. Isaac is Isaac underscore underscore NBA. The show is at Ethos Grizzlies, and I am at NBA DWill21. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we gone.